Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Unqualified Podcast with myself, Josh, and uh, Kevin, the Saber X7. Yes, that's how I'm going to introduce it for all y'all. Take it or leave it. Um, We are talking about Masters of the Air, Episode 5. Am I right? Episode 5? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is uh, a bit of a turnaround since we fucking bashed episode four and did the entirety of the show last week and to well to put a fucking sock in our own mouths while episode five came out swinging like it's mike tyson at against uh against a small child and pretty much beat the fuck out of us because god damn that shit episode was good like holy fuck where was that all season yeah no doubt um, I still stand by though that episode four is like a filler episode. You can honestly, I, I think at this point now, you could probably watch the series without watching episode four, and you won't miss anything, any context or anything like that. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, there's a little bit of stuff you could watch it for. It is a slowdown period, but yeah, you could, <laughs> could skip over. It's like the training episode from Band of Brothers. Yeah, um, I can. I think I, I understand where they're trying to pick their battles. Or at least the, the, where Apple was trying to pick their battles, because I guarantee it's an, an expensive endeavor. Every time they do these massive dogfight bombing run campaigns or bombing missions, um, so they probably have to pick and choose of which ones they want to highlight the most. And you know, I will appreciate that. Um, because yeah. also they don't want you I, I feel like they also don't want people to get burnt out on like every episode being a bombing mission uh so it's a challenge that they're taking on i think that there's definitely areas they could do better with it but so far i think that this episode proves that they are heading in a very good direction um but this also leaves kind of a bit of a question mark of whether or not the remaining of the series which we only have four episodes left and we have a lot of guys scattered on the ground um and from the end of this episode there's a big question mark of whether or not we're probably ever going to see any more aerial combat in the rest of the series i'm pretty sure we are we still haven't even gotten to the fucking tuskegee airmen um so the bear bear in mind that the amount of characters that were lost in this episode um is not going to be the end of the eighth air force but or the hundredth bomber, hundredth bomber wing. Which I actually interesting note: the hundredth bomber wing now is the hundredth uh, air group, and they're primarily a refueling group. They're a bunch of refuelers now. They're not bombers. They're not anything like that. They're just refueler yeah. aircraft. KC one thirty fives, KC forty sevens. I think is the other one. Um, but well, with with today's episode. We do have to talk about how uh, Buck, Major Egan, mm-hmm. I was about to say Clevin, uh, Major Egan is going to take revenge because his friend got shot down and he doesn't know the actual fate of Major Clevin. And luckily, we still don't know the fate of Major Clevin unless you go read up his biography. But this is going to be pretty much the third bombing mission of the week which is at this time for the 8th air force is called black week <laughs> where um where the 8th air force is pretty much just gonna lose a 
bunch of their pilots and crews and a lot of B-17s and B, uh, B-24 Liberators because they just keep doing more and more missions every single day. And we're going to be on one of these missions on the raid of Munster on October 10th, 1943. So <laughs> we're, we're in for a doozy once we go in there, especially since... Um, what's his name major or or the the navigator from from the crosby yeah crosby makes his gallant return because his his bombing uh bomber from the previous raid where they lost major clevin uh landed at an airfield that didn't have a phone (laughs) and they come up and uh they basically strip their barracks and give it to a new air crew and uh all their stuff is gone yeah well (laughs) because Obviously, um, basically, as revealed in uh, the latest episode, latest episode of Real History that covered uh, Part 5, uh, Masters of the Air, it was essentially the responsibility of the pilots whenever they touched ground, if they had to bail out or they lost, if they fell out of formation with the rest of the rest of the air group, uh, they would have to basically get to a phone to report back to uh, headquarters and like, hey, we're fine. We just have to get back. We just have to kind of like find our way back to you guys. And then yep. they get to be listed as either as MIA at that point or then, you know, like as they're coming in. Um, but because of previous negligent reports on the status of their plane, uh, they were basically presumed dead. Uh, because their plane was reported that only four shoots released and that the rest of the plane went down. And they didn't see any more shoots get released out, out of the uh, out of the bomber. So yeah. Yeah, it was left to assumption that the that they were either all probably captured or killed. Yep, and uh, that's that's pretty much a bummer for for the crew who ends up showing up alive. Like, hey, hey guys, you're alive. Yeah, that's pretty much how they uh, they were treated back at base. So, but comes up to the very pretty much the next day. I don't. Uh, they have to go raid Munster, which is a town in Germany. So now we're bombing Germany in 1943. And, yeah, we're pretty much going to be bombing Germany for the rest of the war. And this is not going to be your typical fight for the 100th Air Group, our, our main our, our main battle group that we're following here. Which, because... Okay. Also, I think for this is also, I think, kind of like an important context to also get to... This is also before we even had boots on the ground in Northern Europe. This, in France, yes. It, this is before D-Day and everything like that. So, you know, we're going in and stirring up this hornet's nest of the Germans and trying to injure their infrastructure and their found and basically their just their entire infrastructure in general. And our guys are flying all the way from England over enemy territory because occupy france all everything from germany to the shores of france that are only like a two-hour flight from england to france it's all german occupied territory so you you know it's consistent of continuous uh fighters engaging flak attack you know flak guns everything these guys have to keep traversing through all this stuff and as they're keep approaching their target they keep losing bombers left and right um and that of course leads us to where our friend buck who is out on a revenge 
uh, mission to avenge his uh, lost friend Bucky, who right now is just MIA at this moment. Um, and his he's on the lead he's on the lead bomber, and lead bomber basically gets all of the all of the engines get shot out, and they are forced to bail out. And so now, uh, Buck and Bucky have both now been shot down, and now are going to be MIA behind enemy lines. So, and by the way, these two are our headliner characters for the show. So yeah. now they are down pilots, presumably captured or killed. Um, and that's not all for this raid on Munster. So the 100th Air Bombing Group flew up with 17 ships, 17 E-17s, and four had to return for mechanical failures. So they had to continue the mission with 13 bombers, and they were they were lacking behind the rest of the of the eighth air force, meaning if you had it, this goes a call back to the I believe the second episode when the uh, air group that was there that was lacking behind the rest of them were easy pickings for the German air force, the Luftwaffe, and. This is not a normal day for this Air Force to deal with the Luftwaffe because they fought over 200 aircraft. Mm -hmm. 200 enemy aircraft, and there's only 13 of them. Yep. So I don't know where the ratio is of bomber to aircraft, but uh, there's going to be a lot of fucking <laughs> air bombers shot down because after the flak, which takes out about three or four of them, uh, the aircraft are going to pretty much take care of the rest. These guys are sitting ducks. And these are our main characters. And they're sitting ducks. And we lose not only uh, Major Egan. We also lose Bubbles, another navigator that is friends with... Uh, I, I, I'm blanking on his name again. The, 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 the oh, navigator. Crosby. Crosby. Why do I keep forgetting his name? Uh, Crosby. After... Crosby had given back his lucky charm to Bubbles. <laughs> Which, by the way, Bubble, there's not a question mark on Bubbles' status. He's dead. Yeah, the, the plane, the plane exploded. Yeah, the, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, spoiler. But as all of these reviews are, these are absolutely spoiler reviews on these shows because we go into the context deeper on what each episode's about, obviously. And this is more or less just to serve as a discussion point for anybody who's also watched the episode and just wants to hear some extra thoughts on it too. Yeah, we're. We're not experts, we're not historians, but we like TV, we like World War II, and we like to spoil crap. So if you came here to listen to that, thank you. If you want to keep hearing spoilers, thank you. If you don't want to, watch the show, come back to us, thank you. Um, but, but definitely what each one of these episodes keeps serving a purpose for is a continued deterioration of morale of these pilots. What? Yep. Um, like earlier in the episode before the bombing mission began, um, these guys, you know, they did rotations. You know, like there was days where they would get have a break and they go on a bombing mission and rotate out different bombing groups so that one group can get a break and then the other one goes out. And now because of how much bombers they have been losing and how little they are able to replenish said lost bombers, now we're starting to see more of an uptick in bombing missions and also the same crews going out every day, which also yep. increases their risk of not coming back because it's, it's at this point, it is a guarantee that a bomber will be shot down. And 
after you know because and that means that your chances increase higher and higher because you know even though you weren't shot down the day before somebody else got shot down so now you're the next available target and now that they're even bombing germany which they probably have been bombing germany for a while the the hard part about this is they're getting hit a lot more with no with no protection whatsoever from any uh from any fighter escort the p47 escort that had went there actually got lost on route so they were actually supposed to fly with him mostly into france to protect them and (laughs) they they since they burned up all their fuel they had to turn back before crossing the channel and these b17s are alone and this is going to be a big factor in how on losses through this point in the war and until until fighter aircraft actually escort them and pretty much go majority of the route until they hit their bombing mission so that was a big factor for these bombers to lose uh lose so many aircraft and crews as well as them being pretty much left in the dust the once those bombers are up there they're not slowing down for you and mm-hmm. the like like the very first uh, episode when when we did actually the no, second episode when they did slow down for one of the bomber crews they're not going to do that for you anymore they're going to get there get back and probably drink away just so they can get to the very next mission probably the next day so it's you're on your own when you're up there now and that's pretty much what we get to see out there because when our when our uh heroes go up there <laughs> oh fuck it, it it got bloody pretty quick flak hit them when those planes were taken down then the fighter aircraft just, just was relentless to the point where you just kept seeing bomber after bomber after bomber go down and you're and you're trying to keep count how many aircraft are going to survive this and it was there was only one and it's not even kidding. So, thirteen bombers went out. Only one came back. Yep. Everybody yeah. else has got shot down. And guess what? None of and the bomber that survived is not one of the OG main character bombers. Nope. It was a replacement group. Yep. Which that'll tie back into uh, a very impressive feat that is a callback to the previous episode about their skills as pilots. But, um. I wanted to kind of like also kind of focus back on like the severity of like what's going on here too. Like I mentioned, this is before the Normandy invasion and this is, and it's not like right before the Normandy. I, this is over a year before the Normandy invasions. We have a very still strong German army controlling pretty much all of Northern Europe. And these bombing missions, bombing, bombing missions are being started as a purpose to continue to try to, weaken their supply chains their manufacturing and everything possible they can do to slow down the german army so they can prep for this big land invasion that's going to come in a year uh but obviously the luftwaffe was hands down the probably best air force that was serving during world war ii their messerschmitts were top of the line for their time period and their pilots were seasoned and very, very, very skilled. So, uh, I mean, our crews at this point were weren't not were not unskilled pilots and crews either, but they 
just we're in a fucking boat uh, against a uh, against a bunch of little against a bunch of planes. They're in a boat, bunch of planes, and that, uh, it didn't work. It didn't work out for them. And they're shooting airburst rockets at them. Yeah, airburst rockets, twenty millimeter cannons, and all our bombing guys, all our bombing crews have our our fifty caliber machine guns. Nothing against the fifty cal; it's a fucking great machine gun, but it doesn't have any burst ammunition, so they got to hit those planes, mm-hmm. and they're not slow. Mm-mm. They're flying about four to five hundred miles an hour. So, kudos to those to those uh, crews that could hit the damn things, but. Man, it was it was pretty gnarly up there, and the more and the more of that flak, the airburst rounds, the rockets kept hitting these aircraft, the more your 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 firepower goes down, and when it came down to each plane going down one by one by one, and it came down to uh to Royal the Royal Flush, which is the B seventeen that Lieutenant Robert Rosenthal had flown, it uh. It was just him alone, and well, at this point in the this point in the mission, it's either fly the damn aircraft or get yourself killed. And he started to fly that plane like it was like it was a fighter plane. How it was not meant to be flown, but this is the only way he he knew how to get them to survive. Have you ever taken a big ass bomber in War Thunder and just did whatever type of maneuvers you wanted to with it? That's exactly what just happened in the. Uh, the tail end of this mission yep yeah he you fly this plane like it was never meant to be flown and this shit this man realized he has basically an oversized fighter that has five 50 cal emplacements ready to tear on anything in his flight path and he okay. utilized them to his benefit i think it's like eight or nine guns is it is it is it oh seriously so you have you have one yep. you have one on each side pointing out then you have tail gunner ball turret Top gunner and nose turret. Uh, well, nose so. turret has two guns. Well, if we're talking about, I was talking about stations. Oh yeah, stations. But yeah, so but each one has more than just five guns. There's because the the yeah. top turret has two fifty cals. The ball turret has two fifty cals. The rear turret, depending on how it's configured, has one. The two the two sides have one one, and then you have the front the nose, which one straight out to the front, and then the side for the for the navigator's gun. So it's yeah he he flew that shit like it's a fucking fighter plane and man it it worked and when you get back the plane is completely trashed but all his crew survived the, yeah, for the most they're, they're fucked up yeah and every 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 single one of them has a little bit some are w- more are more wounded than the others but all in all the man should be getting a medal for his acts as a pilot because it saved that last bomber. And got the uh, back safely. Yeah, for the most part. But here's the here's the kicker. So back in episode three, they they had mentioned they mentioned when a plane goes up, the crews on the ground are up there with them in one well, spirit, trying to trying to make sure that the if something went wrong, they it's not their fault or something, so they these air crews make it back alive. And when only one aircraft lands back at base that wasn't damaged due to mechanical failure it was a big blow to the 100th air bomb group yeah biggest blow because what was it that four bombers went down just from mechanical failure before the bombing mission even started yep yeah that was it four so 
only a total of five aircraft are left for the 100th Air Group. When they lose 12 out of the 13 aircraft, that's 120 men. Maybe a little bit more, depending on how many guys are actually on the bombers. And they're gone. All the guys that originally landed there are gone. Mm -hmm. They're either killed or missing in action. Uh, everyone, The only bomber to make it back from this mission is a replacement crew. And when you go to interrogation after the mission, when, let's say, the very first one, it was uh, it was very chaotic. There was all these bombing crews that kept asking them questions. It was actually a pretty intimate, uh, intimate interrogation because it wasn't it wasn't a bunch of guys being screamed at trying to figure out what's going on. It was what happened to this crew. I didn't write it down. What happened to this crew? I didn't have to write it down. What happened to this crew? I didn't write it down. And it was the reason for that was they were they were fighting so hard that they didn't have time. Well, I think to even a, notice. I, I think it was a matter that they didn't have time and a matter of just experience on hand because in any other if the perfect situation happened, the lead navigator would have been there to give those end results. And lead navigator well, he, would have had would have had because they were there was reports going on like Yes, we have a shoot here. We have shoots here. We have shoots here. And those were being reported by certain individuals. But I don't think our replacements were at... I think a lot of them were getting shell-shocked of them being their first, like... Uh, well, the, for Rosenthal's crew, they weren't... It wasn't their first mission. It wasn't their first mission, but it was kind of like the end-all-to-be-all mission for them. Yeah, but it was... The main reason they didn't have is they literally didn't have time. They were the navigator was shooting his gun. Yeah, he didn't have time to stop shooting his gun to go right down. Hey, this crew got shot down. Hey, this crew got shot down. They reported it, but there was so much action going on around them. They just they just didn't have time. They they were they were working, and they and when you get to certain crews like uh, Major Egan's, they just said he got shot down. That was it. The do you know what time it happened? No. I don't remember what I don't recall or I, I just didn't have time or the only ones that they really knew about was Bubbles plane. Yeah. And it was one of the side gunners. He just said the plane blew up. And that was it. That's how that's how uh, I can't believe I forgot his name again. I'm going to Crosby's my mind. Crosby finds out his his best friend gets killed. I, I well, oh, by the way, Crosby still is kind of developing as my favorite character. He's the only character I really kind of like, actually like and care about in the entire show. Um, and <laughs> uh, so Cros Crosby, on the other hand, for all those who like to keep up with Crosby and what he's up to, um, he continues to impress Brass with his expert navigational skills. And uh, he's now promoted to Grand Navigator. Meaning that now he's just basically in charge of charting out the routes for these bombing groups, and he never has to fly again. And so, doesn't mean he won't, but he doesn't have to. Yeah. So, so, but after these circumstances, what just happened? I'm sure they're going to be pulling and scrapping together anybody, first of all, who has experience in the air, and to fill out another because I'm sure they're going to be scrambling because I don't think we're going to see another a mission from our hundred air guys for a while. Uh, uh, reading up the the National World War II Museum, the, they'll be back up in the air in, in a couple days. Really, with a full, yeah. with a full crew because they were just, they 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 said they couldn't even get two bombers to replenish 
the to re replenish them before they're gonna pull the eighth air force is huge so they're gonna pull pilots from other and and forts from other groups and put them in there that's it, that's that's just a war they gotta pull people i know they gotta pull people they don't have any freaking planes they 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 play the other groups <laughs> Okay, well, where were those other planes to replenish them when they were going on their mission? Because the guys were like, "I can't get you, I can't get you any more bombers. I'm sorry, you know, you're just gonna have to go out with what you have." You know, that's all they that's all they told them. Like, I, like where were these guys like replenishing them? You know, before all this happened. Uh, they weren't there before. Now they got to get them there now. Uh, but all in all, these these guys went up. Got got back just this one bombing group, and now they got to rebuild the hundredth air group, mm -hmm. and it's probably going to be rebuilt in a couple days, depending on how the episode goes. I don't know until we know that the next episode, but well, we know what the next episode is going to be about. It's going to be more about of the guys surviving on the ground. Uh, Hopefully, so, so uh, I did not see a single thing about anybody in a plane in that uh, after like this uh, up on oh, the Masters. post, the post, yeah, the, the video po thing, yeah, so. We well, we'll find out. We'll yeah. find out. But all in all, a really impressive episode following that previous episode that just didn't know what it wanted to be. It, this one knew exactly what it wanted to tell, and it didn't hold back the punches. If because these, if these guys have done anything right, with Apple's done anything right so far, is exhibiting how the bombing run, the bombing missions. They're they're. So far, the highest rated episodes on the IMDb are episode three, which was one of the was which was their first like full episode bombing mission, and this episode, which is what another is full episode bombing mission. Yep, majority so. of it. Yeah, the so. But let's go down to things we like, things we didn't like. Uh, I got nothing but positives for this episode. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with one. This is the first time the CGI actually looked amazing with all those open shots of all the aircraft out flying mm -hmm. uh, in the air, not in the ground. The 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 fighting sequences in the in the aircraft were were just phenomenal. But the amount of fear because this episode showcased like this was not a typical bombing mission. This was a horror show. Yeah. Like episode 3 was terrifying. But they made it through a majority of the bombers. Or, well, not a majority, but a lot of them made it through. This one, you can tell, like, even the crew that survived felt like they shouldn't have even made it to the ground. No. That's that's how bad this mission was for them over Munster. And it it was it was a, a sight to see. Like these the, the actors played a very, very strong role. The, the the crew rosenthal's crew to showcase what they went through so they can survive this mission and even when they were showcasing uh major egan's aircraft it they were they were scared too e, uh egan was the only one that was probably not that scared he was pissed off but yeah. he wasn't scared <laughs> Well, Egan accepted a long time ago of like what the reality of their situation is going to be, which, you know, as and I think that's like Egan is like he is a fun character, but then he's also a leader. And a lot of these leaders had to accept the fact that like this is war. You know, there was a debate going into this mission 
um, because they were going to, because the, the target was a very heavily condensed civilian population. Um, it wasn't the targets weren't civilians. It was a railroad system that was being used to supply, you know, manufacturing to, you know, different parts of uh, the German army. And they were going for this train station. And, uh, you know, but at this train station, of course, there's, you know, you know, civilians there's, there's, there's housing you know there's like a three-year-old it's bombing's happening on a sunday and so there's gonna be people leaving mass and they're worried about hitting this cathedral and this debate this conversation and this you know this self you know kind of like uh uh this self-fear of like morality is starting to kick in with this conversation with the with one of the pilots and you know he's worried about this and you know egan comes up and he's like it's war you know if we don't hit him where it hurts, they're just going to keep fighting. Yep. Do your job is basically what he said. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just one part of war that a lot of people just won't ever are willing to accept. And, yep. you know, obviously, like, especially in this day and age of what was what's going on with, like, happening uh, with Palestine and Israel and everything. It's, you know, nobody wants. In Ukraine, no, nobody wants civilian deaths. And if you target deliberately target civilians, then yes, you're absolutely horrific for doing so. If, especially if there's not a military target involved with it. Um, but it's something that people that the average person I don't think can ever really grasp. Even like I can't really kind of like sometimes grasp my head around it too, because in what I'm saying, it's also conflicting of like what U.S. did dropping atomic bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima because that was a deliberate attack on civilians to basically send a message. And, you know, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. They had, they had legitimate targets there. Yeah. It's just the, the payload was so big. Their civilian casualties was factored into it and it was a reasonable factor. Yeah. Because in the air force, because they basically said for the 300,000 civilians that they would probably kill from those two bombs, it would save millions of lives millions of americans yeah so yeah it's it's that's pretty much how we're doing it they're they're the civilian population it sucks for them and because they get involved in war unintentionally or unintentionally involved in this war and as these bombing missions go on we got to see a little bit of the civilian populace in in england in the previous episode no matter how negative we felt about it Yes, there are casualties there, but they're going to clean up the, the debris. They're going to keep on moving with their lives because the war is not going to stop them from doing their jobs. Because they have a role to play in this war, too. But if we go to Munster in specific, specifically, and if you want to go learn more, you can watch Real History or look it up yourself. Uh, when he talks about this episode, Munster actually was completely negative to uh, Hitler's uh, Third Reich. They weren't really fond of his group and the uh, and the bishop there, I believe, if if they're if I'm right with the type of religion they are, uh didn't condemned the Third Reich in their war, so they weren't they they just had a job to do and that was just a legitimate target for, for that, but Munster didn't really care for the for the Third Reich. They they wasn't their their domain. They didn't really want to be bombed. And they ended up getting bombed anyways. You know, so it, it's 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 a it's a moment of like some people can look at it as blind hate, as borderline as evil. The actions Egan's is basically emitting, 
but yeah. a realistic would look at it as somebody's like he's hearing people trying to draw a moral compass on things and in war i think sometimes you probably have to negate that moral compass and look at what the reality is and what the reality is you do have a civilian population helping turn out a you know a war and these guys are helping out military assets so that makes them a military target and so that's and that's just the reality of the situation they have to target that asset that's helping and aiding military assets to cripple them and help them win that war and their their mentality of it is they don't bomb it someone else will yeah and they're and they could be killed in their spot maybe that they they're okay with that maybe they're not but it's it's just a job they had to do they they they're not being forced to do it they volunteered mm -hmm. so it's at this point in the war it's it's gonna be a couple of years before it ends but they they these type of heavy topics uh, now that we could talk to f about almost 75 years later it's it's something we can probably condemn now but at that time it was it's either we do that to them now then and now or we're going to uh, risk more american lives more or allied lives in the future so it's just at that point it was just a necessary target and you can't you can't you can't denote that this was actually a better way of talking about this in this episode right before the mission starts and major egan telling his pilot his crews to shut up and get to work then to then in the previous episode where they didn't really mention it at all they just showed it to you yeah. and that was it's it's you get to see both sides of it and that's the only thing i appreciate from the last episode which i still stand by you can really just miss it if you don't really care <laughs> yeah uh but that's pretty much all the positives we have with this episode i don't me personally i don't have any negatives unless you have something to add no absolutely uh, not. i think every the storytelling the writing the character development the just everything about this episode was was borderline perfect and uh, I really have no complaints. If there is one complaint I have about the CGI was there was a shot at the end of it where this reality seeking in for the crew that survived the bombing run, the one lone crew that survived. They're they're flying and all they see is the debris of bombers of the of their bomber of the of their fellow um, bombers falling falling, falling around, around them. It's uh, it's a it's an emotion it's a it's not an emotional scene but it's a scene that's meant to kind of like hit on a level of like reality, but I will say there was plenty of times during that shot where it just looked like that it was just a still image just frozen on the screen. Um, and... I mean, <laughs> nothing against that shot. It, it we've already accepted. We we keep bagging on the CGI. Um, it's. But the I'm sure I might as well have a CGI tally marker on on on, <laughs> yeah, on, our, on our fucking on our conversation. Hey, how much we hate the CGI here? How much we hate the CGI there? You know, no, might, but I, but if I were to like if I were to give like a separate rating for the CGI alone, it would be probably hitting around eight to nine for me. It it was a good episode. Um, I think one of the impressive things about this series so far is how well they're able to mix CGI and then back into the real shots of in the cockpit of like 
you know, hitting, getting hit by flack or, you know, something of the sort. Cause like, it's a very seamless transition that they're able to do it with. So yeah. they are, the guys that you have working on it right now are doing a fantastic job with what they have right now of just being able to kind of like give us a very good dogfight scene. And it was a pretty sick shot in the two of like, you know, foes squaring up where the bomber is flying in one direction. The Messerschmitt coming at them from another direction. And it's this like, frozen slow pan shot of the pilots locking eyes with each other oh oh, that was a nice shot the slow motion shots were pretty emotional yeah and you know obviously like you're you're it's obvious you're looking at a fake messerschmitt me 109 but it was still a very good shot to have i think especially in this day and age of like you trying to dramatize an air battle i think shots like that are very important for the show yep i do i do agree with that the other one i do want to mention is the amount of makeup that they had used for the the crews that were hit oh yeah because man do they do they look fantastic when i mean nothing i I don't want to see people actually lose limbs or get shot in the face but when they get hit by this flak man it it looks it looks real like something you'll never be able to to discredit Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg is about it's it's a abil- their ability to show realistic gore. Yeah, that but that that type of art style that they that these uh the production staff is doing is is actually pretty amazing for the how they how confined their spaces and everything for these pilots, especially even though they can cut at any time to do it, but that seamless of of when the that uh belly gunner got killed when his face got blown off that was that was like whoa that was out of nowhere because yeah we've seen guys get hit and stuff we've seen a guy lose his leg but that was just out of nowhere that was the first time we got to see flack actually hit someone in the face yeah and it just it tore up his face like they like, yeah it, you, you saw everything of what happened to the guy's face yeah um, and and they didn't sugarcoat it they just said here it has because this is a horror episode in the fact that these crews are going up and doing pretty much a suicide mission. And, but if I had to, if I'm going to give a rating to this episode for me personally, I think this is a solid 10, 10 out of 10 way better than any of the previous episodes. I don't want to be too, I don't want to be too like, I'll give it a nine. Nothing can really be, I think a a true perfect 10, but it's about the closest to a perfect 10 that I've seen so far from this show. And I I feel like I don't want to think this is going to be the climax of it because now we're going to have a very different setting going into the next episode. Um, I was reading a review and I'm interested to kind of like see, because there hasn't been too many instances of, showing non-americans but somebody wrote a review and gave the show like a six out of ten so far because of its unrealistic depiction of anybody that's non-american and i don't know if they're talking about the belgian resistance or they're talking about the you know maybe british i mean the belgian resistance or the or the british raf pilots i don't know um so i'm interested to see kind of like how we're going to see the german army going into uh, this next episode, because I think we're going to see a lot more of them. Uh, there's a couple shots that kind of like really depict them as like the the evil characters, you know, and whatnot. And I'm not really hoping to see like a over depiction of evil on these guys. I'm, I mean, Banner Brothers did a really good job of showing like you know the Germans in their setting, or even the Pacific. You know, even though the Japanese, it showed how the Japanese fought and showed how the Germans fought. Didn't really show them as like these evil conquerors or anything like that. Just show them as 
other soldiers that they're that they're fighting. And I'm hoping that we don't get like this evil evil villain army vibe type of thing that we might see. Where we, and I mean, there's a possibility too we might have like our official villain of the series uh, being unveiled in this. You mean the the loose waffle? Well, I think there's a there's a, I think there might be like a, a Gestapo that we might be seeing. Uh, we could. I mean, the the SS or is no, not, be... not, not a Gestapo, a, a commandant of possibly one of uh, of a Stalag of a Stalag camp. Maybe I, I mean I don't think it's necessary to show any of them, uh, but I, the SS or depending if they have the Third Reich guards taking taking care of these prisoners, uh, when we do see them, they could be cruel to them. We this is still 1943, so the Germans still have a pretty good supply line, so they don't really mistreat their prisoners at this time in the war. If I'm not mistaken, maybe they do. I I don't know. I wasn't I, a prisoner of war in 1943. Well, the thing but... is, the thing is that the SS really didn't control the Stalag camps. They really that was just mainly left to the Wehrmacht. And from what I understand, too, that the Wehrmacht, from what I understand, were not an unfair treating army to their POWs. The bad title mainly lay claim to the Japanese and the Russians. Uh, but other than that, you know, we'll see. You know, obviously. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's there's a lot that we can see. There, there's four more episodes, and honestly, it's it it's picking up pace. I just I'm just still curious to wait till the next week's episode. And yeah. honestly, it's become a double review. We watched we watched the show, and then we watched uh, the YouTuber Real History because we keep mentioning him because he's I want I want to say he's a full expert, but he's pretty much an expert in. This time and frame, it gives us more context. So it's a great cross examination. Uh, so, but yeah, um, yeah. So far, is hands down my favorite episode of the series so far. I uh, definitely keeps kind of like re like ignites your want to watch the next episode and kind of gives you a little bit more hope how the rest of the show will pan out. I still think though, unfortunately, this is giving me probably the lowest rating of the three uh, mini series, World War Two mini series. But we'll see oh, for sure. Uh, I I've, I think it might be like a seven out of like a 70% mm -hmm. if on Rotten Tomatoes and maybe a 7, 7.5 on IMDb, uh, which is not much, but it's it's a different time when these shows came out. And yeah. at least, I, the only, th oh, I don't want to say it on this, <laughs> this platform yet till we come up uh, with our final review for the series, but we'll, we'll get to how the show ends and hopefully Hopefully we can appreciate it a little bit more at the end of the series. But do you have any final comments, uh, Saber? No, not at all. Um, I do want to say thank you to this uh, few of you that have tuned in every week to listen to our uh, breakdown of each episode so far. I see you guys kind of like spread out all over the world. I have seen uh, some listeners from Belgium and Germany and then quite a bit of here from the United States also. So you guys are awesome. Yep. Uh, feel free to keep tuning in every week. Um, I do have this also listed on uh on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcast services as well. So feel free to check out those links as well, too. And then I'll leave a Discord link in, too, if you guys ever want to. Uh, we have this broadcast live every week through our Discord. So if you guys yep. actually want to sit in on the conversation and kind of like chat in and give your input on it, too, feel free to join that Discord as well. We're, we're planning on trying to do this, what, every Monday? Uh, it works out for both of our schedules, right? Mm -hmm. So if you, if you guys ever want to partake in the conversation... As long as my only requirement for right now, since we're talking about Masters of the Air, is just please watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, but 
thank you guys for listening. We'll we'll get better. We ramble. It's it's fine. We're just two guys talking. Yeah. Uh, have fine. a have a have a good night, everybody. This is uh, Joe Buck.